Uh, okay. Role playing exchange. Today you'll be listening to Star Trek Adventures, but not for long. Uh, I'm your GM, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, sorry. Ominous. <laughs> ominous. This is this session is going to go great, guys. All right. Uh, we also have uh, Sean. Hi, it's me. And Burke. Hello. Uh, and today will be the trial of the century, a.k.a. Hey, this Master Chief just recommended that we blow up a Klingon ship where the senior crew is uh, captured. Yeah, we got to do something about that. So the Mercury, after um, after the encounter with the Klingons and the duel with the captain of the Klingon ship, the insane duel, which will go down in the annals of Starfleet history, probably under a category of insane things that happened with which Kirk was not involved. <laughs> the, the much smaller file. Yeah. yeah, smaller, smaller file. Just like you and Michael Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Pike gets an honorable mention for the whole Talos oh, sure. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it limps to the, the Mercury limps its way to Starbase 364 for repairs. And the captain, the Mercury Captain Shali, feels she, well, at first she calls the chief to her office. And um, she says, uh, Chief, I. I feel compelled to offer articles of, uh, or to recommend a court-martial in your case. Um, I believe I understand uh, the motive behind your recommendation, but nonetheless, uh, I also believe it to have potentially violated the, uh, let me get the right term for this, (laughs) the uh, United Federation of Planets Uniform Code of Military Justice. So... I understand, ma'am. Uh, do you wish me to surrender myself to the brig? Uh, that is not necessary. Um, I believe you will find it hard. We will be hard-pressed to escape the ship in any case, uh, should be, you be so inclined, and I don't believe you are so inclined. You may or may not be imprisoned upon uh, the results of a preliminary hearing, but certainly you will be uh, probably confined to quarters during the length of the trial. I understand, uh, ma'am. Counsel will be provided to you. Uh, on the starbase, I can't really say anymore. I completely understand, ma'am. I appreciate your uh, consideration in this matter. Uh, all right. Well, um, dismissed. Now, when you leave the ready room, you notice that you're getting a mix of sympathetic and hostile looks from <laughs> the bridge crew. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Uh, and and the bridge crew was among the people who would have been killed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, about seventy five percent of them would definitely have died if you had just blown up that Klingon battle uh, cruiser. Uh, and then um, let's see. So that's my little intro. Uh, Burke, you mentioned last time you wanted to have a vignette with the chief. Uh, if we're doing the good... trial, then it should be after. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fine. Today it should be after. Uh. So, so thank yeah, you for the, remembering. That's no problem. I I want I had to listen to the recording so I could remember what a, what crimes exactly were committed. <laughs> <laughs> Just how many war crimes were there? Yeah, how many war crimes were there? <laughs> Is the killing of those Klingons really war crimes? Probably not. Um, I don't think I committed any war crimes. I was just no. Um, pushing the line of what the Federation finds acceptable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you didn't maim anybody. That seems to be pretty important. <laughs> uh, so we're going to cut right to the trial. Uh, so the Admiral in command of the station, Admiral Tevey, 
It's a uh, female Romulan, not Romulan, Vulcan. Uh-oh. <laughs> what did you do? Did you give away your whole plot? <laughs> no, I didn't. But boy, that would be pretty crazy if I did. Uh, yeah, uh, Vulcan female. Uh, also assembled in the court in the as uh, the judges, uh, Commander uh, Tevcher, a Tellerite male, uh, a Commander Waro, a Bolian woman, uh, Lieutenant Commander Estelle Chow, and Lieutenant Etan Ime. So, uh, are the, the last two humans, or sorry. those are yeah, the last two are humans. What was the Bolian's name? Sorry, Waro, W A R R O. Okay, they were also a commander. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you were specifically charged with uh, violation of Code Eight Nine Nine, Article Ninety Nine, misbehavior before the enemy, Subsection I, uh, refusing to offer relief or uh, solicitation and attempted uh, refusal to offer potential relief to uh, other officers in trouble. Uh, that would be the that would be the general. Uh, let's leave them there and then blow the ship up where they're at. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see how that was. But we didn't actually do it. <laughs> uh, attempted and solicit, and it was solicited. And there's also an argument that it was attempted <laughs> until he was argued out of it. Um, code number nine one nine, Article one one nine, manslaughter, solicitation, and attempted again for the imperiling the. Uh, senior crew of the Mercury while attempting t- uh, while aboard the Klingon battlecruiser. Uh, code number 914, Article 114, dueling, which is against the Code of Uniform Conduct. And uh, number 934, Article 134, uh, the general article, specifically disorder and neglect of good order, discipline, and discredit to Starfleet. That last is going to be, that, that might be the, the killer. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, my very preliminary research has indicated that basically all codes of military justice include that nice catch-all. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be a jerk and make you go through these one more time. Absolutely. It was, uh, the only one that I managed to get written down, rewritten down here was 914-114, which was dueling. So 914 is manslaughter, uh, 114 is dueling, 889 is misbehavior before the enemy, uh, and 934 is the general article. 914 was the manslaughter? Yeah. I think 919 is manslaughter. No, yeah, 919 Yeah, yeah. I figured it out. Time to function is your friend. That's right. We're all working off the same document. This is our just JAG homage. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to Star Trek Minutia exploring the details of science fiction and Thank Sean God. recommending it to me. and me thank god nerds wrote like the actual 200 page charter of the federation it's lengthy um well they took took u.s military code of justice and basically just like they just copy and pasted yeah (laughs) yeah i've also noticed that they their internal uh subsection language does not match sadly this is not a knock uh, i but it does not match their internal coding for subsection i I noticed that yeah uh get it together nerds well i mean uh or is that common no no it's uh it's not common it's not it's not in my experience anyway 
because it's very important that you <laughs> reference the correct item. Yes, I figured. <laughs> if you put subsection one and you mean subsection A, oops. Yep. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so what right. what portion of uh, eight ninety nine the misbehavior before the enemy were they charging me? Uh, that would be. Let me look it up. Nine does not afford all practicable relief and assistance to any troops, combatants, vessels, or aircraft of the armed forces belonging to the United Federation of Planets or their allies when engaged in battle. Okay. Uh, you were introduced. Uh, so the first part is <clears throat> the introduction of the uh, the articles which you are supposed to have violated. Uh, you are introduced to the person who will be representing you and to the prosecuting officer. Uh, also uh, included is a list of witnesses. So prosecuting officer is one commander, Gavin Bonaventure. <laughs> oh my I God. Hate, I hate him already. Oh. I was like, what's a real hateable name? Oh, Gavin Bonaventure. <laughs> yeah. And who is this? This is like a... That's the prosecutor. Ah. Uh, defense counsel is uh, a lieutenant commander, Clementine de Gram. Eh? Uh, list of witnesses are uh, Lieutenant Lanham Erzon. Chief of Stellar Cartography, Senior Officer on the Mercury, when you first proposed your plan, uh, that is also the person you theoretically so, uh, solicited for the solicitation portions of those crimes. Uh, Captain Shelley, uh, Commander Cardozo, the XO, uh, Lieutenant Commander Dulas, uh, Chief of Security, uh, Lieutenant Marrow. Oh, no. Uh, Crewman Stevenson. Uh, not, not, Stevenson's not going to have anything good to say about anything. Uh, uh, Chief Tasai, <clears throat> uh, Ensign Hammer. There he is. <laughs> and that's it. That's the list. Ooh. So, in this circumstance, uh, depending on how <laughs> nice, <coughs> uh, depending on how uh, the how do we, how, how all right. So, out of character, how lengthy do you want this trial thing? Um, now, I've played a game of this where somebody also got court martialed, um, but it was not any of the PCs. And they just operated as witnesses. And I basically just did Rashomon. Um, nice. But I don't think that will work here because there's only two players. <laughs> sure. And okay. uh, so thoughts. My original thing is I'm going to, uh, you know, have an open section for Marrow and probably Tashiv to testify. Uh, and then everything else will probably be summarized. Um, that's fine. I mean, it's up to Sean. Like, this is his game in my mind. So I'm down for like whatever level of meatiness he wants. Right. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm up for it as much as you want to get into it. Um, I mean, I think I can make a logical argument on all the points they're bringing against me. Right. So I, in this way, I feel like you're going to be operating as two roles. You're going to be operating as the Sheev and your defense counsel. <laughs> I mean, technically I have the right to, to waive, represent yourself. Yeah. To wave yeah. counsel. Uh, you <clears> could, <throat> Uh, it is not recommended. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I'm just going to drop her character sheet in here. This is his role with the... I mean, I'd almost be more inclined to say that what we should do is, like, almost be more inclined to say, like, Burke should play... I, yeah, you could... Burke the defense, and then I could play the other one, and then, like, we don't even play, like, our characters for it necessarily, but... I mean, that's uh, entirely possible. I would have no problem with that. Uh, we can use the... Supporting character rules to generate those characters. Sure. Okay, so um, you want to be the defendant, the defense prosecutor then? I'll be the... I mean, I think it would probably be... I'm almost wanting to say it'd be more interesting to me, or, or from my point of view, like, if I played the prosecution, 
trying to get myself <laughs> busted. That's right. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, uh... I mean, that's fine with me because I will play every other character. I will play all the witnesses. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you don't want to do it that way. I'm I'm fine to do it any way you guys want to. I was just thinking that would probably be the more like if I stay on the defense the whole time, it makes it a whole lot like it's less interesting. That's fair. I wasn't sure if I wanted to play either the lawyers in general. I guess I don't know. Like I don't, if you don't want to do it. Don't worry about it, man. It's nobody. I just throw that. I just want the outcome to be based on my ability to role play. Uh, I mean, it won't be. Okay. <laughs> uh, we I mean, say roll, that now. roll say still that. determine stuff, and uh, okay, you know, like so. All right, as a person who who works a little bit in the law, not to this level. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something about attorneys. Uh, let me know. Most of them suck. Most attorneys <laughs> are terrible. Yeah, They're but terrible. I don't want the team's attorney to suck. But that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, they're terrible at their own jobs. They're terrible at other jobs. Um, what you were taught in law school does not help you in a trial situation. Sure. Um, and just like most people, most jobs are just doing enough to get by. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you would think that in actual Starfleet, that wouldn't be true, and it probably isn't. But if you go out there and, you know, you're not making a good argument from a, log- uh, from a logical standpoint, no one who knows attorneys will be like... How dare he? How <laughs> like, no, that sounds mother. right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I can do the defense attorney then. So let's get started. Uh, the the defendant and the pros and the defense counsel and the prosecutor are all seated. Uh, arrayed behind you are the uh, various the audience for the trial. Not much of one. Um, and uh, in files the uh, the the court of the court martial. Uh, in order of rank, so Lieutenant Ime arrives first, uh, uh, and arriving last is Admiral Teve, uh, the commander of Starbase 264, 364. Uh, and they sit at their assigned places. Uh, Admiral Teve uh, rings a bell at, at the U-shaped desk. They sit around and uh, brings the court to order, and then they array the charges. So I'm going to repeat those. Uh, in <laughs> no particular order. Uh, Chief Theshiv, you are accused of violating Article 899, subsection 9, uh, misbehavior before the enemy. Any person subject to this chapter who, before or in the presence of the enemy, does subsection 9 does not afford all practicable relief and assistance to any troops, combatants, vessels, or aircraft of the armed forces belonging to the United Federation of Planets, or their allies when engaged in battle. Uh, how do you plead? So you're going to be pleading to the individual counts. I plead not guilty to all counts that you will present. I say. Then I will just read the rest of the counts. Article 914, uh, dueling. Any person subject to this chapter is not exempted in subsection C, which I will emphasize, and who fights or promotes or is concerned in or connives at fighting a duel or who, having knowledge of a challenge sent or about to be sent, fails to report the fact promptly to the proper authority, shall be punished by a court, as a court-martial may direct. Non-exempted races are forbidden to engage in or promote dueling as determined by the conditions set in subsection A, while on active duty either in Starfleet or a Federation agency governed by these chapters. Exemptions mentioned above in subsection A are the following. Any member race with a cultural tradition of settling internal racial disputes with ritual dueling, including 
but not limited to Andorians, Capellans, Klingons, and Katians. Two, any member race which requires ritual combat for ceremonial purposes, including, but not limited, to Vulcans, Regalians, Izarians, and Zaldans. Three, any recently encountered race with whom diplomatic relations have not yet to be established or whose culture has yet to be fully understood. Cross-species dueling with those these races is forbidden, except when mandated by General Order 1. Article 919, manslaughter. Append here that uh, both Article 899 and 919 uh, is for the solicitation and attempt thereof of misbehavior before the, the enemy and manslaughter. Any person subject to this chapter who, with an intent to kill or greatly inflict bodily harm, unlawfully kills a human being, well, I should say any being in the heat of sudden passion caused by adequate provocation is guilty of voluntary manslaughter and shall be punished by court, as a court-martial may direct. Uh, any person subject to this chapter who, without an intent to kill or inflict great bodily harm, unlawfully kills a human being by culpable negligence or while perpetrating or attempting to perpetrate an offense other than those named in Clause 4, Section 819 of this title is guilty of involuntary manslaughter, may be punished as court-martial shall direct. Again, this is solicitation and attempt. <clears throat> and last, th- 934, the general article. All disorders and neglects to the prejudice of good order and discipline in the armed forces, all conduct of a nature to bring disc- discredit upon the armed forces and crimes not offensive, not capital, but which person subject to this chapter may be guilty, shall be taken as cognizance of by a general, special, or summary court-martial according to the nature and degree of the offense and shall be punished at the discretion of that court. Uh, The defendant has pled not guilty to all charges. Uh, The prosecutor uh, may begin presentation of their case. Uh, So, Sean, uh, you can give a speech or you can summarize. I will not penalize. I'm just basically going to summarize and say that um, I, I... I already I hate myself for agreeing to do this part because Bondaventure, <laughs> I'm gonna say his name, Bondaventure stands up and it's, it's such a hate of name. and says, uh, Your honors, um, it's without a doubt easily to be shown through the records, uh, both of the personnel and of the ship itself, uh, that uh, Master Chief Thrashiv uh, willfully and wantonly uh, not just committed manslaughter, but flat out murder of subdued. Uh, subjects, even in a war zone, um, that is still a offense to the spirit of the law of the Federation. Um, he did knowingly and uh, meaningfully enter into a duel with the captain of the other ship, um, even though they are both exempted species to the dueling uh, bylaws. The concept of that law is that it is an internal dispute in the species. It is not a uh, free thing for members of those exemption species to just duel with each other. Um, I don't think that there's any reason why I'm going to have to make an argument for uh, his uh, behavior being... Uh, I was doing so good, and I lost my train of thought. Crap. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> fine. It happens to the best uh, where, where he was uh, you know, acting in a way unbecoming the Starfleet personnel uh, in, in uh, violation of the general Article 934. Um, facts will speak for themselves, ladies and gentlemen, um, and the prosecution is ready to present its evidence. All right. Uh, defense? <clears throat> All right. So this like has to be half summarized. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So I think this court will find today that it'll have to make difficult decisions about whether it values intent or action 
or and process or results. And I'll summarize that you know while there may have been suggestions of action that were in violation of Starfleet law, they were not acted upon, and that the chief resolved the situation as per his understanding of his own culture and honor, resulting in preventing the total loss of a highly classified experimental ship and its entire senior crew. Um, and that we have to think about as uh, a culture, what laws we value, because he's also acting perfectly in accordance with other Starfleet general orders. And how does the court rank those? Ah, interesting. Yeah, I'm glad we did it this way because that is not any kind of argument I've made on, on my own behalf. So you're doing, you're doing better than I was going to do. <laughs> I'm doing my best over here. <laughs> so I would just be like, this is all horse shit. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Basically. That's, that's pretty much like I've sat through this trial before. I'm pretty sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, entered in the evidence already are all the computer logs from the mercury. Um, uh, they will be examined by the judges at their leisure in accordance to the uh, arguments made and the arguments that will be made by uh, the prosecution and defense. Uh, the prosecution may call its first witness. Okay, so the first witness to be called will be the captain. Uh, the lieutenant who is oh. the senior officer. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. You're right. My bad. I will, I will put that in the... I'll drop that yeah, in. Yeah. I've got too many... Uh, too many names. Yeah, too many names, too many tabs going. So many tabs. Uh, okay. Yes, so uh, prosecution will call uh, Lieutenant Landon Burzan. All right, he approaches. Uh, he is a uh, dag. I looked this guy's species up before and not care. Uh, I spelled all these dudes' names wrong in the document. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Star Trek has no consistent phonetics. So. Uh, he, uh, dag. Uh, his species is the one where... He was the president of the Federation mm-hmm. in uh, the Homecoming oh, episode, DS9. Oh. All right, I'm going to look it up. Should have wrote it down. Uh, Grazerite. Yes, that's right. Uh, vaguely sort of antelope mm-hmm. or wildebeest according to the actor. All right, so he, he gets on the stand. He's sworn in. All right, so I start asking this guy some questions. Get him, tiger. <laughs> get you. Get yourself. Okay. Uh, so, Lieutenant, in your own words, why don't you just go ahead and explain to us exactly what it was that the chief wanted to do um, and what he asked you for permission to do upon your successful escape from uh, your quarters on the Mercury? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> I got uh, I got distracted. <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. Um if you would explain exactly the, the plan that was delivered to you by the chief, uh, what it was that he stated he wanted to do, uh, the actions that he desired to take when he approached you and solicited you for permission to murder the entirety of your senior crew. Uh, well, uh, I believe uh, perhaps murder is uh, excessive. Um, the, the chief uh, had uh, acted with uh, Dr. Marrow and Ensign Platt to uh, uh, free the crew left on the ship to captivity. Uh, uh, apparently, I was the senior <coughs> uh, senior officer, and I um, he uh, said that it would be almost impossible to t- uh, retake the to 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 fight the uh, Klingon ship, the IKV uh, Gag, 
uh, with the state the mercury was in and that it would not be possible to scan and detect our crew members on that ship while it was cloaked without alerting to them to uh, the mercury being uh, freed from their control. Uh, and he therefore proposed transporting uh, a sufficient yield of photon torpedoes on board the ship, the, the, the Klingon ship, the Gach, to destroy it uh, with all crew aboard. Um, I frankly uh, only passed uh, Starfleet Tactical by the skin of my teeth and have not reviewed since then. Um, and uh, the chief is a non-commissioned officer of long experienced experience. And I, uh, I just uh, acceded uh, to his request without giving it further thought uh, until a discussion occurred between he and uh, Lieutenant Morrow, wherein uh, an alternative and, and Ensign Platt, uh, wherein an alternative plan was developed, which I subsequently uh, approved. So you, by your own admission, are not an expert in all things tactics. Uh, that's, yes. That's fine. That's fine. And having had some time to think it through now, though, not being in the heat of the moment, find any fault with the plan that he presented to you? Uh, I mean, yes, in that in as much as an alternate plan uh, was developed and executed. Um, also, uh, it's, it's entirely possible that um, we could have perhaps performed a prisoner exchange instead, uh, the senior crew of the Mercury for the uh, Klingons that were trapped in Cargo Bay 1. Um, uh, another alternative is, uh, the Mercury, uh, simulated an engine failure, which forced the Klingon ship out of warp. Um, at that time, a scan may have been, uh, reasonable, um, and then transportation. Uh, however, I, I will say, uh, that, um, I'm much better at engineering than I ever was at tactical and the Mercury was in, uh, no state to do uh, anything that a uh, Starfleet vessel is usually uh, required to do. Uh, I would not have taken the Mercury into uh, Nebula. Um, I would not have the Mercury enter the active uh, asteroid zone. Uh, I would not even have had the Mercury fly too closely to a star or other stellar object uh, due to the damage that it received. Um, it's, um, it couldn't have done any of those things safely. Uh, certainly could not have fought the Klingon safely. So you make uh, two more points that I would like to, to come back to and address again. Uh, okay. The first one is that you, you offer the idea of a prisoner exchange. Yes. Um, well, I am aware that there were some surviving Klingons left in the cargo bay. Are you aware of the number that had been murdered by the chief already at that point? Uh, no, I was not aware of what action specifically the chief and others had taken to free the ship from uh, its, its, its prior situation. Okay. With, with that in mind, then would it, uh, would it surprise you to hear that the, the, the chief had with his own hands or by his own action already murdered at least 10 Klingons? Uh, it would. Um, I was, I was not aware of that. Uh, yeah, I, yes, I was not aware. <laughs> no. Um, I was not aware of that at all. Okay. That's, that's fine. Like I said, I, I appreciated you, you brought up some more things that I wanted to bring you to, but you, you went there already, so we're just going to hash out this last little di- thing. Um, the statement that you just gave the court was that the Mercury was in a very 
bad state of repair. Uh, it had been damaged in the fight with the Klingon vessel previously. Uh, you said that you wouldn't take it into asteroid fields or uh, into nebulas or anything like that. Um, so with your expertise in this case of engineering and the state of the ship itself, uh, you would agree that the chief probably felt like he was trapped, uh, didn't have much of any kind of options other than to do something drastic and uh, unreasonable as his plan uh, presented. Uh, I, I can't speak as to his mind state. Uh, I can say that if it were me, I would have felt trapped. Um, and indeed, I did feel trapped. <coughs> I believe that's all the more I have for you, Lieutenant Erzane. I appreciate it very much. All right. Um, any cross-examination? We're not going to do... Redirect or recrosses here because that's a lot of time. <laughs> that's a lot of time. Objection. Uh, <laughs> Overruled. I object. Um, <laughs> Tenet, thank you for sharing your story. Can you take a moment to describe what you feel the emotional situation was on the Mercury when the chief made his suggestion? The emotional situation? Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, everybody was. Um, Do you feel it was conducive to reasonable judgment? Uh, no, I would say, um, we were under a lot of stress. Uh, mm -hmm. uh I would definitely say that, uh, I feel like, uh, that, um, that, uh, I personally felt like a decision, I was being forced to make decisions that typically I would, I would pass on to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, you did uh, pass it on to somebody else, didn't you? Uh, well, I, I asked for, uh, well, uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that, to be honest. Well, the chief. As you testified, made a suggestion which you did not follow, and that suggestion actually had to be, of all people, modified by your assistant, chief medical officer. Uh, I, I mean that is true. Um, hmm. You mentioned in your testimony several alternative plans. Did you suggest these to the chief? Uh, I did not. No, I did not. Um, Why not? I well, I hadn't considered them at the time, uh, mm -hmm. as I said. <laughs> pardon me. In stressful situations, it can be difficult to consider all your options. Uh, I I completely agree with that statement. Mm -hmm. He says he's, he looks a little sweaty. <laughs> just, just to be clear, you did not beam a photon torpedo load to the Klingon ship and destroy it, correct? Uh, we, uh, no. I assume not, since Captain Shelley and other senior officers are in this room right now, and not that, in perhaps a Klingon war camp. Yes, uh, mm. we did not do so. Hmm. Interesting. Lieutenant, are you familiar with Starfleet General Order 20? Uh, not off of the top hmm. of my head. General Order 20 authorizes personnel of Starfleet to employ whatever means necessary to prevent the transportation of sentient beings held against their wishes within Federation space. Do you feel that applies to the situation? Do you feel that the command crew on the Gach were held against their will? Uh, I would say that they, they probably, mm. I mean, I imagine they were. Mm. So at the time, did you have any course of action to resolve this case of slavery within Federation space? Um, I mean, uh, uh, apparently we, we did. Uh, you did. That. And well, what happened? You saved the ship and the crew. Uh, that's during that's the time accurate. Of war. Yes. 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 Mm. We are at war with the Klingons, aren't we, Lieutenant? Uh, yes. I see. So then that would make the Klingons on the Mercury, which they claim is murder, acts against hostile enemy forces, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, they would be enemy forces. Okay. Thank you. 
I'll just return to my seat. Okay. <laughs> All right, he gets off the stand. Oh, I won't. I won't lie. I'm sitting here trying not to giggle. Like it's like it, it's going, you're doing a great job for being scared of not doing it good enough. Burke, you're doing great. Oh, that was awesome. That's what the old fashions for. <laughs> <laughs> if it pleases the court, the prosecution will now call Captain Shelley of the USS Mercury. Uh, it does. You may proceed. Shelley gets up there. She sits down. Um, uh, and uh, so I, I guess you can ask her whatever questions you have for her. Uh, most of what the design for her testimony is conditions aboard the tactical, her understanding of the tactical situation overall, conditions aboard the Klingon ship, um, and as command officer, what her recommendation would have been to someone in that situation, or what what action she might have taken. Okay. Uh, so, Captain Shelley, um, first of all, if you would explain for the court... Um, how it was that you came to be on board the Klingon vessel? Um, well, as I recall, uh, we, the, we were attacked suddenly by the Klingons while investigating an asteroid field. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Marrow and Ensign Platt were on the asteroid and uh, utilized a mining laser in order to drive that, that ship off. Um, we had been, in con- uh, uh, had been in battle with the Klingons and they had damaged the Mercury. Uh, we then left the field to return to Starbase 346 for further orders and repairs when we were again assaulted by a different Klingon ship. Uh, and uh, this one, uh, vastly superior to the Mercury in combat capability, uh, it severely damaged us. And uh, I, su- I offered to surrender the Mercury to save the crew from the uh, what I understood to be likely imminent death. Okay, so you did what any good captain should do. And you protected both your ship and your crew. I, I certainly believe I did, yes. Okay. So once you were on board the Klingon vessel, how were you treated? Uh, we were placed in the brig. Um, we were packed together pretty tightly. Uh, uh, force fields on high uh, designed to injure. Um, we had no access to any uh, means of escape as far as I could determine. Um, we were trapped. Uh, and I would... Uh, say though it is uh, somewhat embarrassing to admit that we were helpless. Okay, you were helpless, but you were treated as a prisoner, right? Uh, yes, that is accurate. Yes, okay. you weren't wearing slave collars. No, uh, you weren't offered fact, on uh, trade or for sale or used as sport. Uh, no, uh, in fact, the uh, Klingon commander had advised us that we would be taken to a prisoner of war camp, uh, which was. Uh, my understanding, a 50-50 proposition. Um, typically, it depends on which group of Klingons you receive, whether they are interested in taking prisoners or interested in taking slaves or are interested in just um, destru- complete destruction of their enemies. It, 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 it happened that we encountered uh, the former and not either two of the latter. Uh, he specifically stated that we would not be slaves. Okay. <clears throat> Did you inform your crew of that? Uh, yes, most of them were present to hear that, uh, but uh, I did not inform the Mercury of that, if that's what you're asking. Uh, but all the senior officers were advised. Okay, did any of your senior officers advise the rest of the crew? Uh, no, there was no ability to do so. Okay, so <clears throat> you've been a captain for a number of years, uh, gone through extensive training. You know, you have, I could pull out your personnel record and, and display all the letters of recommendation and accommodations and such. Um, I don't want to waste the court's time. 
Let me just ask you a, a few simple questions. In any situation, think it reasonable for a non-commissioned officer to want to destroy his entire command staff in an effort to, as he would put it, save the ship? <coughs> um, that is difficult to answer. Um, let me let me let me rephrase the question for you. Then, would you think it reasonable for a non-commissioned officer to result? or to resort to such a violent option as his first option without first trying to or entertaining any other options that were not directly the intent to kill people. Uh, I would imagine that you would uh, attempt and exhaust all prior options, yes, uh, before, you know, relegating the senior officers to uh, death, yes. So, fair to say, then, that the... Off our actions of um, Chief Thorshiv were not anything that is reasonable or standard by Starfleet, in your opinion? Uh, I feel like there were a lot of potential options that, I mean, if, if I were in command of the ship in that situation, um, despite the Mercury's situation, uh, I am also not a tactical officer specifically by training, but despite the Mercury situation, I feel as though with the element of surprise and the proximate knowledge of where the Klingon ship was in space with its shields down, um, one could utilize the Mercury's weapons to effectively disable uh, the Klingon ship, um, at least long enough to transport the senior crew off. And then, you know, I would say target the uh, warp drive of the Klingon ship and make your escape. Um, Once, you are out of their sensor range. Uh, you should be able to make your way to uh, a friendly base and receive repairs. That would have been my initial reaction. <coughs> I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Captain. That's not my intent here. But just to, to paraphrase what you've you've gone through there is that yes, there was plenty of other actions and ideas that could have been presented, uh, and that going straight towards. Uh, killing the entirety of his senior staff is both abnormal and not to Starfleet standards. I would say yes. Um, certainly there's no incident um, of such in Starfleet's history that would reflect anything, uh, any any sort of similar action. I don't believe I have any further questions for you, Captain. Thank you. All right. Uh, defense. Captain, can you ex- tell me exactly how it was decided that the crew was split up between the Mercury and the God was that entirely the Klingons' decision, or did you have some hand? Uh, it was the Klingons' decision. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I did not feel at that time in a position of uh, negotiating strength. Um, I see. Also, I mean, it seems as though it would be it, it was a reasonable choice with the number of crew they were dealing with, and the number of crew that the Klingons had on hand. So you felt it was reasonable to leave your technical highly classified ship in command of a lieutenant in stellar Qatar. Uh, if we were being escorted to Klingon space, mm-hmm. um, and if the ship was in no capacity to fight, uh, then yes. Uh, also, mm-hmm. theoretically, the ship was not in uh, Lieutenant uh, Lanham Urzan's command uh, because it was in the de facto command of the Klingons. I see. Tell me, Captain, how long has it been since you were a lieutenant? Uh, it has been... Just for the courts, in case we could all look in your personnel record if we wanted. Captain, 
Uh, I would say approximately 20 years, probably. Mm-hmm. Do you feel in those 20 years you've learned a lot about being in command? Uh, I believe so, yes. Hmm. Do you feel 20 years ago you would have been capable of properly managing a starship held by enemy forces, no matter the circumstances? Uh, I would have felt... Overwhelmed, perhaps? Uh, likely, yes. Hmm. And I'm sure must be extra overwhelming for someone even lower ranked who has even less experience in dealing with it. I mean, I imagine it would be, but that's not exactly how I would describe the chief. How would you describe the chief? Uh, extremely combat experienced. Um, combat, okay. Uh, other, uh, I would say, uh, broadly very experienced. In Starfleet. I believe he's been in uh, Starfleet for however many years he's actually been in Starfleet. <laughs> however long. <laughs> however long. Forty I years or whatever. Would have to be to almost single-handedly retake a sh- ship from enemy combatants that had total control of it. Pretty impressive feat, don't you think, Captain? Uh, I was impressed. Yes. Hmm. So in those in those past twenty years, you've no doubt made a lot of command decisions. When considering your options, have you ever found questionable choices to creep into your thoughts when considering the facts of a situation, or perhaps felt in a situation where you couldn't? do what you felt was right, but what you felt was necessary? Even if they just creep into your head, Captain. Perhaps, oh, say you didn't actually act on them, but they were there. Uh, I mean, there are considerations that occur, but typically... Sure. Do you, would you want to be punished for just having considerations, even if you never acted on them? Would you want that to... Hmm. No, but I would also say that if I, if they were uh, acknowledgeable as being... Um, ill-considered or uh, otherwise uh, not to be expected from a member of Starfleet, that they would not be expressed. That's what my internal uh, filter is for. Sure. But it's also important for you to have internal filters, right? You're the captain. After all, you could make any decision you wanted. Somebody below might merely just suggest things in the hopes that they will be talked out of it. Just brainstorming in a complicated situation. I mean... Uh, typically brainstorming does not come as I think our best bet is this specific course of action. And here's how we would go about it. Sure. Ken, uh, I respectfully disagree. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I dispute that <laughs> assertion there. So in terms of the actual moment, why did you not inform the crew of the status of your surrender? Uh, inform the crew in what do way? You, do you feel that you had a chance before handing the mercury over to the Klingons? to inform everyone what was happening? I mean, the crew was aware that we were being taken prisoner aboard the, uh, that we were being taken a uh, prisoner aboard the Klingon ship. Uh, I had announced to them that we were surrendering and the Klingons would be taking the senior officers uh, hmm. and that we'd be returning to Klingon space, hopefully to be prisoners of war. You'll forgive the question, Captain. What would you say is the Klingons' reputation as combatants? Uh, dangerous, uh, deadly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how would you say that they handle their captors traditionally? Uh, as I said earlier, it's, uh, you know, if you're dealing with honorable Klingons, they will probably mm-hmm. take you prisoners of war. But there are, uh, I don't think it's incorrect to say many Klingons who are less honorable than their society would prefer, uh, who are more likely to enslave or kill captives, mostly yeah. enslave. So then did you inform the crew of the fact that you might be well taken care of, or do you think it's reasonable that perhaps they assumed that the Klingons had already? Uh, I can't say what I thought the crew was thinking. 
Hmm, um, okay. I will say I didn't have an opportunity to inform the crew as to what our status would be of course, or about yeah, assurances I, I received. Absolutely. But you have to under, you do admit that the crew was acting on incomplete information about this. Say that again. You do agree that the crew was acting on incomplete or inaccurate information about the situation. And therefore, uh, not in a position would, to make the best decision. I would say they would probably would, would be acting on incomplete information. Okay. Thank you, Captain. Turn to my seat. <laughs> All right. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Hard questions. <clears throat> this is going good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> How many more of these do I got to do? This is exhausting. <laughs> uh, so it looks like you're only going to have two more. Okay, that's fine. Uh, for the prosecution, will also appear Commander Cardozo, and lastly, it'll be Crewman Stevenson. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, Cardozo gets on stand, uh, and again, you can ask her whatever questions. Uh, you know that she has a uh, she does have a very specifically tactical background. So mm-hmm. your best bet here is uh, for Sean's prosecutor's benefit to argue that the tactical situation was such that <laughs> was reparable uh, because she, she, you already know that she very much believes that it was reparable. Like she is not a fan of the chief at the moment. Yeah, well, the, the, the chief did just say I was willing to put a proton torpedo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in your cabin and make it go boom. Hard to be a friend with that kind of guy. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> uh, commander Cardozo, if you would, please, um, you are the, executive officer of the Mercury. Um, and unlike the previous uh, witnesses we've had so far, you are actually an expert in tactics and, and, and tactical training in Starfleet, correct? Uh, yes, I came up through tactical and moved to um, the command track late in my career. That being said, uh, you were on the bridge of the Mercury when uh, the events happened and the attack by the Klingons occurred. Uh, what was the status of the Mercury tactical? Uh, effectively uh, defeated. Um, shields were down. Uh, we received several hull breaches. Uh, pardon me, warp drive had been reduced to, I believe, warp two was maximum speed. Um, uh, not a lot of extraneous power to power the phasers. Uh, capacitors were exhausted. Um, I believe there may have been some minor damage to the torpedo bay. Uh, yeah, so I would I would say tactically my analogy would be um out- inoperable. Not not again not out of the fight. Okay, out of the fight. Very good. So yeah. as a tactical officer, knowing that the ship that you had at the time was in such a shape, would you not think it wise to consider other options besides fighting to correct a situation that you're in? Uh absolutely. Um I mean uh, the plan for Starfleet typically is fight last. Um, and in this situation, when you're in no case to fight at all, uh, fighting is not usually a good idea. Okay. So now I understand that you were on board the Klingon vessel and you weren't on the Mercury when the chief went through his, how we say, spree. Um, do you find fault with the tactics that he employed before we even get to his solicitation of murder for his senior staff, but the tactics that he employed to retake the ship. Um, in part, uh, I think, uh, utilization of, uh, the, um, sick bay, uh, with its advanced, uh, computer systems was, uh, an excellent idea. 
Uh, I do believe that there were several Klingons who were killed that did not need to be. Uh, for example, in the example in the initial breakout, um, uh, two Klingons were uh, killed after dated. Uh, I would find that extremely objectionable. I, I, I would count that as murder, <clears throat> especially since uh, you know uh, there were means available to prevent the Klingons from being able to leave the room. Um, there was another incident wherein Klingons were uh, spaced. Uh, I am not certain as to the advisability of that. Um, that is probably, I would say, I feel that's probably more excusable. Uh, I wouldn't want to fight five Klingons on my own. Um, and if there was no way to distract them and that passageway had to be taken, and I do believe it had to be taken, then you could, you could be excused for, uh, spacing those Klingons. But, uh, I believe I would have attempted to reach that area. Otherwise, also, um... If you caused significant amount of noise in another part of the ship, you maybe drawn the Klingons off and cleared the hallway that way. So I'm of two minds about the uh, the second. Okay, so going back to the first incident, if you would uh, just just for the sake of the record and to make sure that it's clear to the court here, um, define exactly what it is that you meant by uh, the excessive action and the, the what you construed as murder of the two Klingons. Well, in that um, they were uh, taken. And I believe at least one was knocked out, uh, and then they were uh, summarily executed. Uh, they're, they're, uh, I forget exactly how that went down. I know the, the, the Vulcan snapped one's neck. <laughs> okay, so, Commander, if, if you will, what you're suggesting is that even though in a combat situation, it is wholly against the ideals of Starfleet to murder a combatant that has already been subdued. Uh, yes. Um, once they've been subdued, uh, you know, they should be captured because the Federation does take prisoners of war. Um, I, I actually would like to object to his, you can object. (laughs) His continued use of the word murder is inappropriate as he's being charged for manslaughter and carries Uh, undue emotional weight in this situation. Objection sustained, uh, sustained. I was waiting for that to happen. I won't lie. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. He was like, I don't want to do objections and stuff. I was like, no, this has to, this has to. The, yeah. The, the, the judges won't do anything that like, as is usual, they're just pretty much going to let it ride until somebody yeah. else does something. Yeah. Okay. Commander. So moving on from that initial instance, <clears throat> uh, I believe that there was uh, three more Klingons that were killed uh, at a weapons locker. Um, and from that point, uh, it's my understanding from the, the ship's records that the chief went off on his own to kill at least five more Klingons at that point. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Now, when we're talking about the instance of the five that were in the, in the hall uh, where, the, where the chief vented them to space, um, are you familiar with the manner of death in exposed to hard vacuum? Uh... I am. Um, typically, uh, exposure to hard vacuum uh, results in uh, asphyxiation. Um, you are often not in a situation where the cold will affect you or the heat because of the vacuum. Uh, it's just the inability to, to breathe. It's, uh, it's a pretty horrible death, I'm told. Okay, so in your opinion, manner of that death is all but cruel and unusual. 
Uh, I would say it is both cruel and unusual. Um, that is not to say that cruel and, cruel and unusual deaths can't occur, uh, but I would say it is a cruel and unusual death, yes. Cruel and unusual deaths happen all the time, unfortunately. There's nothing to be done about uh, And that's beyond the scope of our, of our hearing today. However, the conscious decision of a single person to invoke that type of death upon five other sentient beings is part of what we're here for today. And you went over a few ideas already, so you would agree with the idea, or with my statement now, that the chief's go-to idea of subjecting these five Klingons to that type of death would be against basically everything that Starfleet stands for. Um, certainly against a, a significant percentage of it, yes. Again, I, I completely allowed that we it was a combat. Uh, you know, things were, were in the heat of the moment. Um, but the question that I have is that you believe that the chief's willingness and readiness to go to such extremes uh, is against what Starfleet stands for and is something that you would disagree with in the character of the officers that serve on you, correct? Uh, 100%. Uh, yes, very much so. I don't think I have any more questions then. <laughs> All right. Commander, yeah. That's right. Um, Commander, thank you for sharing your uh, tactical expertise with us. So tell me, as a, a, a tactical officer, what plans were you formulating on the GAH to remedy your situation? Uh, we were any uh, lack of vigilance on behalf of the Klingons. Uh, also, uh, transfer of prisoners is uh, uh, always fraught, and that would be another opportunity by which we could uh, stage a breakout. Um, I see. But you were not able to, is that correct? Uh, we were captive for uh, a number of days, and in that time we were unable to effect an escape, yes. I see. If you had escaped, what would you have done, you Klingons who opposed your escape? Uh, I mean, I would have uh, incapacitated, incapacitated them in any fashion I could. Mm -hmm. uh, but you acknowledge that perhaps there are situations where that wouldn't be possible? Uh, I mean, yes, that's, that is certainly the case. Um, mm -hmm. there are going to be situations where that is not possible. I see. Would you take, in order to preserve your sense of character, would you take a bat left to the chest? Um, yes. It's the only way to, <laughs> would you would let Klingons kill you to not act against what you feel is Starfleet office. Yes. That's the whole point of ethics. I see. So what is your opinion of the chief then? Uh, it is at current, not high. Mm. Um, I'm disgusted by, what I see is his unnecessary, um, she hesitates, killing of mm -hmm. uh, some of his Klingon opponents. I am also uh, disgusted that he would leap immediately to the wholesale destruction of the Ga to with uh, Federation officers, Starfleet officers on board, without, um, without considering alternatives, at least. Yeah. Do you know he didn't consider alternatives? Uh, I do not. However, uh, okay. <laughs> he only presented one plan to his superior officer, a superior officer. He had to be, uh, had no tactical experience, whatever. Mm. And was that plan enacted? Uh, it was not. Okay. What do you think of the outcome of, uh, and I'm not sure I understand, uh, the question there. Are you happy that the mercury was recovered and that the crew, there's no loss of life for the crew? Uh, yes. I see. Do you think that perhaps, outweighs some suggestions that were not acted upon that the ultimate outcome of this event was ultimately positive. Uh, the event was ultimately positive in my mind due to the fact that he was 
successfully argued against by other uh, officers mm-hmm. on the Mercury's crew. In some sense, yes. But well, I don't want to bring up character. I don't have to because no one brought up the dueling. I had no one has mentioned the dueling yet. But I don't want to because I don't want to remind people about it. <laughs> like, I only want to argue. I, mean, that's... I only want to argue against it if it comes up. Um, that, yeah, that's correct. Cardozo to like really cross-examine him in the same way because we've had more uh, interaction with Shelley as a character. So yeah, like that's me true. as a player, no more. Uh, um, I mean, you don't have to take any further action. Like you can say, "All right, well, sometimes you just got to take a loss." <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting him to be okay with getting killed but good on him good on him <laughs> yeah he's like yeah yeah totally I'd... i respect it i don't believe it but i respect it <laughs> yeah i respect his willingness to say it i guess okay yeah i i don't unless sean you you, you had to because also one thing that i i don't have in this role is i don't know what the shiva's discussed like uh, well you can i you guys can always move back out of character and say okay well here's what we've already that's kind of what i'm doing now like you had the suggested question in chat so i take that as being like blades of the dark style like oh we prepped for this in a previous like client meeting no yeah i would i would that's totally acceptable uh i would say you probably need to readdress the general order 20 yeah because it was whatever means necessary is in general order 20 yeah that's Uh, the the phrase um yeah i didn't want to be too broken recordy also there's like um General Order 33 is the commanding officers should do whatever they can to protect Starfleet personnel and citizens. Um, so what I would what I would suggest that you do if you wanted to come uh, with the defense here would be um, establish that um, until we had already gotten to the point of offering the, the bliss bowl mm-hmm. to everybody, uh, Thrashiv was essentially the commanding officer because it was him and um, O Chief Tasai. Were like right. the two the two highest ranking that they were aware of. Right. So I was also thinking about that, but it didn't come up in a, a natural way. Um, uh, that's something you can present when it gets to your turn. Yeah, you can you can totally present that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I was going to do that so later. The, yeah. So I'm I'm just giving you for not necessarily right now, but for stuff to make sure that you you hit coming coming up. Um, mm-hmm. So Shiv was effectively the commanding officer um, as far as he knew. Um, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So he was taking the actions necessary to safeguard the lives and everything like that in Order Thirty Three. Yeah, he was his commanding officer because yeah. he was cut off from communication with everybody else. Um, yeah, I was going to bring that up later, but uh, uh, I'm just trying. I'm going through the other the other stuff that we had already up here to make sure we hit everything. Um, you can also uh, in under General Order Twenty Six uh, the idea that um, you know they were. Uh, they surrendered and were going to be prisoners of war, and that was guaranteed to them. Um, mm-hmm. The lower crew that didn't know all of that uh, cannot be held accountable to the actions of their superiors. Right. They're not. So I was acting in good faith with the information that I had. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was trying, trying to do with Shelly. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, like, you might hit specifically, you know, hey, with uh, with the commander, you know, according to, 20, to General Order 26, you know, um, would you have acted differently or would you have assumed that you were going to be, uh, you, that you would have just fallen in line and not taken any action on your own? Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if, if the commander had been left on the, the Mercury, right. Uh, yeah. Like that saying, you know, would you have, would you have just sat there and waited for your superiors to, uh, you know, be turned over or whatever happened or would you yeah. take actions in your own hands and stuff like that? Okay. So to avoid repeating everything, just say I did that. 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to not have to go through it all again. Uh, the idea of like, you know, you're the commanding officer. Would you have just sat there? If you didn't, if you had no other information, the senior staff on the Klingon ship has uh, the privilege of information that right. junior staff did not. Um, I believe that the junior staff have to uh, take action based on the information they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do not believe, but they also have uh, a responsibility to be responsible uh, to, and to keep in mind uh, the oaths they swore. And I do not believe Chief Kleshiv has done so. Okay. Um, dating on this, I don't have much to go off. All right. Well, I mean, you could just move on. Yeah. Do you want to just move on, Sean? Or yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'm drawing a blank on how to attack. That's all good. Uh, who's... All right. Last up is Steve Stevenson. Fucking <laughs> Stevenson. Steve. Oh, this is not going to go well for me. Okay. I mean, if Steve is if Steve is the sort of idiot you take him for. <laughs> 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 it accidentally works out in the right way for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so prosecution calls Crewman Steve Steven. I don't know. Does he have a rank or is that his actual rank? Just That's just Crewman. Crewman is a rank. Yeah. Okay. That's what I just want to make sure. Yep. All right. He kind of gets on stand. It's like, uh, <laughs> fucking Steve. All right. Uh, kind of squirms a little bit. Remind me, what did, where did he serve? What was, what was his position or whatever? Steve is in, uh, security. He's yeah, he's the incompetent security guy. Right, yeah, okay, more okay. incompetent than Hammer. <laughs> yes. Hammer, Hammer was just like Hammer's just young. Steve is just yeah. incompetent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> so uh, Kerman Steveman, if you would please, uh, yes, describe to the court the situation that you were in on the murder. Well, we were in sick bay, uh, holding against the Klingons, wave after wave. Well, uh, that well, um, and they looked at the. At the like at the judges, he says, "Well, not wave after wave, but we did, we did uh, stop two Klingons, um, and then uh, through holding sick bay, uh, we managed to control the ship. Um, eventually, uh, we were directed to uh, run off and uh, I don't know, put some isolinear chips in in a certain pattern. I don't know. Uh, Platt gave us those instructions. I, I should say, and some Platt gave us those instructions, and uh, so we did that, and then we went back to sick bay, and then we were talking about what we were going to do." to free the ship from the Klingons. And, you know, uh, the Sheev, Chief Tashiv said, uh, well, let's just blow the other ship up and, you know, leave it be. Of course, I thought that was that was crazy because the captain's aboard there. You don't want the captain to die, right? So, uh, yeah. Um, that's, and, that's, and, then, and then he got talked out of it. Uh, and then instead he, you know, went and fought that Klingon captain and all. Uh, that was pretty crazy. So what do you mean he went off and fought that Klingon captain? Oh, uh, well, you know, he, he he called the Klingon captain up and challenged him to a duel. Uh, and I, was, I didn't like that because, you know, Klingons are pretty good at fighting hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> and uh, uh, so that seemed pretty dumb. Um, but he did it, and he won. So I guess he's better at hand-to-hand combat than that captain, or got lucky, or I don't know. He won anyway. Uh, so. so as a as a... Uh, member of security on the Mercury. A lot of what you do would be, lack of a better term, like military police. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, keeping other crewmen in line, making sure we don't get taken over by invaders, etc. Enforcing the law. Yeah. You're 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 at least modestly familiar with uh, the uniform military code. Was that correct? I mean, I don't I don't have it memorized. 
Uh, no, I wouldn't expect anyone to have it memorized word for word, but you are aware of the fact that Julie is... You probably have it memorized. This character probably does. <laughs> the real the real code of this? No, nobody memorizes that stuff. Uh, this character probably has a really good handle on yeah. most of it. But there's no way anybody memorizes statute books. <laughs> Speak for yourself. It's short. <laughs> All right, anyway. I see the point. Um, yeah, I, I have a pretty basic understanding of it, I think. Yeah. The concept is is that dueling is subject to punishment and is considered a wrongful act for Starfleet officers or Starfleet personnel, even. To- well, 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 yeah, you can't, like, take the law into your own hands or whatever. Okay. So just so we're clear, there are also exemptions to that. For example, uh, the Andorians, which Chief Thrushiv is a member of, uh, have a long internal racial history uh, of settling disputes with other members of that species by dueling. Now, that's oh. not something that's that's against regulation, correct? Oh, they see that? Yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Then no wonder, he, of course, he would have dueled the Klingon captain. Klingons are in the duels, indoor duels. Why not fight it out? Okay. Maybe it wasn't as crazy as I thought. I appreciate your candor in answering the question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read something <laughs> specific for you, and I want your your continue with your candor and give your honest opinion on this. If you believe that this was appropriate for the chief to do, <clears throat> any member race within a cultural tradition of settling internal racial disputes with ritual dueling are exempt from the dueling statute. So. Knowing that a member race with a cultural tradition of settling internal racial disputes, do you believe that that was to the spirit and the letter of the law that Chief Shiv violated that statute by dueling with well, the clean? I mean, he's only really supposed to. Sorry, okay. you cut out there for a second. Yeah, uh, I stopped because I was afraid the mic was picking up somebody traveling outside with very loud music. Ah, uh, uh, yes. It, um. uh, so. Well, uh, I mean, that means he's really only supposed to fight, like, other Andorians and stuff. Uh, so, uh, I mean, then, yeah, then I would say that probably uh, he shouldn't have fought the Klingon because, uh, you know, he's always really supposed to fight other, other uh, you know, other Andorians. But, you know, um, if, if he's good at it and the Klingon was good at it and it, and it freed the ship, maybe maybe it was a good idea anyway. I don't, well, I mean, yeah, but it gets a law. So, all right. Yeah, so, I'd say he was wrong. Kerman Stephen, let me ask you one, one more follow-up question to this. Do you believe that the ends justify the means? That you can do whatever it is that you please as long as it gets you a good result? He starts and then stops and then thinks. And then <laughs> says, no. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Kerman Stephen. Uh, now on to some other things real quick. Um you were aboard the Mercurion is being retaken, and where you were at, you were in the sick bay, correct? Uh, yes, right. Okay, who else was there with you, Grimmins? Uh, a bunch of other people. Uh, Platt was there. Um, if, if you stop. would please, uh, the, uh, the, the ranks and names of those that you. Uh, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, Ensign Platt, uh, uh, Lieutenant Marrow, uh, and he named some other crew people who were there. Okay, so you are saying that there was, not only did you guys still control a portion of the ship and were working to control more of the ship while the rest of the crew was, was locked away, that there was both a ensign and a lieutenant 
to commissioned officers in command at that point in time? Uh, I mean, yes, there were there were uh, actual commissioned officers uh, who who could have been in command of the ship at that time. Yes, I don't think I have any further questions. <laughs> All right, so um, I will grab a pad off my my desk and approach him. <laughs> Are you going to disparage <laughs> his character? <laughs> no, not his. Nobody oh. else. Oh dang. Okay, uh, crewman. Yes. Does the star date three three seven two point seven mean anything to you? No, probably not. On three three seven two seven two point seven, the at time captain of the USS Enterprise, James T. Kirk, engaged <laughs> in a duel with his own Vulcan first officer. Do you know why? Uh, Vulcans have that uh, Ponfar thing. That's right. So right. he engaged in a duel, which is a violation of the military code of justice, in order to save the life of his first officer. Do you uh, agree? I mean, yeah. Uh, it okay. seemed, yeah. So, yeah. since the ends do not justify the means, Captain Kirk should therefore be stripped of all historical accolades in Starfleet. Me violated the uniform military code of justice. I mean, I mean, maybe a censor him or, or, or just like you put it in, like, uh, included it as a footnote or something. I see. So the outcome could perhaps affect the ultimate punishment, even if we all as a society acknowledge that the approach was incorrect? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that sort of thing happens all the time. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, like... So I'm going to repeat this process. With, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> every incident. Every time Kirk violated yeah. the uniform military code of justice. Because Kirk's like a fucking hero by tng time right right like here's where he blew up his own ship to save right, it yeah here's where he <laughs> did all kinds so, of crazy shit to keep the president from being assassinated so blah, here blah, 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 blah. Uh, that all of the uh justices just, i know like, it's start leaning on their like, hands to like do this to a crew like a poor little crewman but you know what <laughs> it's it's uh how the all right, by the time you're done it. all the justices are looking Steve crewman Stevenson is offering his own uh, like stuff he remembers. It's like, oh yeah, and then he did this. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to rethink your answer on ends versus means, crewman? He stops and he thinks for a longer time, and he says, "Yes, I'm not sure now." Thank you. Now, let's move ahead to the uh, actual moment when the commanding staff of the Mercury was um, discussing how to resolve the situation. You said yourself that there were other higher-ranking officers than both yourself and the chief present, yes, correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. Did, what were their suggestions when the chief promoted, uh, offered his plan to them? What did they do? Oh, well, they, they objected. Um, mm-hmm. And did they offer alternatives? Did they have uh, an idea? Uh, yes, they, they had a few. Did they, uh, but did they present them to you? I mean, not not to me. They presented them to uh, um, to Lieutenant uh, Lernem Arzan um, That's and said, "Instead, let's do some of these things." What were those plans? Yeah, um, well, I mean, there was a plan to drop out of warp and make the other ship come investigate it and then attack. Uh, there was, I mean, of course, the duel that actually happened uh, wasn't suggested, but it came sort of out of mm-hmm. the other suggestions. Uh, I think there was an idea to scan the ship. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was specific. What suggestions did the commanding officer make? Uh, he didn't make any. I see. Does that uh, inspire confidence in a commanding officer? Uh, not really. Do you believe that leaves a situation where other people 
might have to resolve a situation because the current commander office commanding officer is incapable or untrained? Uh, I mean, well, well, look, I mean, you know, whenever you're dealing with somebody who's, you know, who's technically your superior, but doesn't have the experience, you, you mm-hmm. usually make suggestions and then you let mm-hmm. them make the choice among the suggestions. Uh, and, you know, you kind of let them know what, where, where reality is like the, the rule books, he stops and he winces <laughs> and yeah. then he just, and then he shrugs <laughs> and says, well, sometimes the rule books say one thing, but circumstances require that you got to do another thing. That's technically not in the rules uh, because they don't cover every, every circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for example, sometimes, you know, when you go on leave, uh, some of the younger crew members get, get can get all riled up and security teams get to go out and collect them. And theoretically, you could ring them all up on disorderly conduct charges, but you don't want to do that because, you know, they're young and stupid. And also right. because, you know, you're going to have to be looking at these people for the next five years. Yes, there's almost an ultimate sense of camaraderie and looking out for each other's best interests that are perhaps uh, the ultimate goals of Starfleet to protect each other from external threats. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I'd say that's true. Um, external threats like Klingons that we're at war with. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess you could say it like that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Thank you, crewman. He gets off the stand and he's kind of shaky. Uh, crewman Steve suddenly feels like he has ruined his own career. <laughs> <laughs> right, I didn't even he's have to managed- bring a hammer infecting my the whole ship with his fucking base <laughs> gonorrhea. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he he feels like uh. He's flown under the radar thus far, but this is, it's it no longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the defense. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so uh, here, like at the midpoint, I want to ask, uh, are people enjoying themselves? Is this going okay? Do you want to shorten it? I mean, I've been having a blast. Uh, we are at two hours of time already, and I don't know. Right. Like, uh, we should be able to close it up by six, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm, six I'm, my I'm, time. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, worried about time. I was just I, my only my only remark about time in so far as like just how long the episode is going to end up being. Um, as long as you guys are all right with it, like I said, I've been having a blast with this so far. So yeah. Also, we did start recording like late. Yeah, late. That's true. We were, we were a little bit late. Yeah, but Tom actually got everything. Yeah, out and everything. Because I didn't even start typing name to Google Doc until like twelve thirty my time. So we're at like an hour and a half. Okay, I think we're doing fine though. All right, okay. all right. So I guess I'm just going to work down this. Um, with Lieutenant Commander Julas. Right, so she gets on the stand, swears herself in. Um, so I guess I would start then. Yeah, you start, and then okay. prosecution will cross-examine. Okay. Um, what would we have talked about with her before? So she was on the Klingon ship. Uh, she was, yes. Yeah. Sorry, so my, my direct questions are probably going to be a little more summary than responding <laughs> to what the NPC said. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, so I guess we will start with um, asking her to um, summarize her experience and uh, on the. Uh, so she summarized the experience. It does basically reflect uh, what Commander Cardozo and Captain Chelia said. Um, mm-hmm. She feels like they had a better chance of, uh, or a worse chance of escape than perhaps Cardozo and Shelley does. And uh, she says that, you know, she doesn't, she can't read the Betazoid, but she can sense emotions mm-hmm. and. Uh, she's been around Klingons, and she's been around Klingons who were, you know, more or less warlike. Uh, and it is her opinion that 
you know, any sort of breakout was liable to cause the captain to get deposed because, you know, they, they ran into all the officers and in true Klingon fashion, the, the, the XO of the Klingon ship was looking for any opportunity to overthrow the captain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, she felt like that was, if they attempted an escape, that would likely to happen. The XO was much more likely to just have them killed out of hand than anything else. Mm -hmm. Would you say you're happy with how the commander, the captain and XO handled the situation? Do you feel that they made the best decisions possible? Uh, I feel like they made the best decisions possible with the information they had. I see. But do you think that those ultimate um, decisions perhaps left the junior officers on the Mercury in a severe disadvantage in how to respond to the situation? Uh, I would say they very much were. I see. Almost all the senior officers were grouped together. Mm -hmm. uh, So we could communicate with each other what our plans were. uh, And we could do it in a fashion not require that the Klingons wouldn't be able to detect. Yes. Uh, In your time on the Klingon ship, do you believe that you had some insight into whether or not the Klingons would have uh, actually allowed all the crew to remain as prisoners? Or do you think that they would have um, perhaps in actuality, once they were in Klingon space, perhaps killed or enslaved the crew? Do you um, believe they were being truthful with you? I believe the captain was being truthful. I believe the rest of the crew had other also, once we were placed as prisoners of war, uh, then we would be in the under the command of someone else, um, mm-hmm. and then they might decide to have us killed out, sell us into slavery inside the empire. I see. Then, if I could take your focus then to the junior officers on the Mercury, what do you think of the chief's plans from a tactical point? Ah, uh, <laughs> purely tactically. Yes. Um. I mean. If the plan is to win the fight, then you would absolutely transport a photon torpedo uh, onto the enemy ship if you could ever get it away with it and destroy it from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I think if you're looking at it at completely from a tactical perspective, that uh, that would be uh, a reasonable exchange ratio. I see. And what about especially some... for the inferior position the Mercury was in? Yes, the Mercury was in an inferior position, which is what I wanted to ask you about next. Do you feel that some of the alternative plans suggested by other people during this trial were reasonable? For example, there was the uh, suggestion to attempt to lure lure the Klingon vessel into a point where the Mercury could attack it. Uh, as in, as the chief engineer of the Mercury, given the state that you found it in when you were successfully returned to the ship. Do you think even with the element of surprise, it could have survived that exchange? Uh, just a point of order. She's not the chief engineer. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, she's the chief of security. security officer. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, duh. Okay. Never mind. I wouldn't have said that. That's all right. So <laughs> from a tactical standpoint, do you think the Mercury could have survived that exchange? Uh, possible, but not likely. Um, okay. The Mercury uh, has the weapons to, could have potentially damaged the Klingon ship, but if you know, in the event of a, they'd have one chance if they didn't succeed and they weren't in control of. So my understanding is that they had uh, effectively jury rigged the sick bay into the bridge. Um, So that's not an ideal situation by which to be uh, operating the ship. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, felt comfortable if if it was the only possible. Mm Mm-hmm. So you would like, not have given that order had you been in command? 
uh, to attack the enemy ship, I would not have. I see. Uh, not at least without first having attempted to take the bridge anyway. Yes. Um, second uh, suggestion was made was to send, once you had control of the Mercury, at least nom- you know, nominally, to send an away team to the Klingon ship. Do you think that was a tactically sound decision? Only if you're going to operate all the transporters at once and send an enormous away team. Even so, then, the chances of success are not uh, extremely high. Looks to me like perhaps some of these alternatives were not as solid alternatives as they may have been presented today. Uh, lastly, there was some after-the-fact alternatives suggested, such as a prisoner exchange. Uh, do you feel that the junior officers on the Mercury had sufficient negotiating leverage to offer such an exchange? Uh, not necessarily. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, those Cleons that had been captured, my understanding is that they were uh, dishonored, uh, mm-hmm. and so their return would not have been to the advantage of the enemy captain. Then, <laughs> you know, he would, he, they, they weren't to be respected. Something like returning the Octarian sheep to the butcher, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good analogy, yes. Mm. What would you have done had you been in command of the um, I am not sure. Uh, mm. Do you think, I think perhaps you're not sure because you're not aware of all the circumstances that affected the crew of the Mercury? Uh, yes, I was, I'm also... Uh, it would depend on what crew members were available, how, how much in control of the ship I felt I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the chances of a uh, counter counter revolution would be, um, yeah, uh, th- all those sorts of uh, like sort of on the spot decisions would would play into I see. what what actions I would take in the future or would have taken so there. You you're the chief of security of the Mercury, therefore you're fairly high up in that ship's command structure. Would you say? Uh, yes. H- how would you define a commanding officer? What does it mean to be a commanding officer? Uh, well, I mean, you're the one upon whom the final judgment uh, mm-hmm. lies. Would you say that it's reasonable for someone to assume they're a commanding officer if they're unable to communicate with the command structure of the ship? Uh, that's typically the way it, it works, yes. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, an away team, if communications were lost, then the commanding officer of the away team would be considered uh, the commanding officer. Uh, certainly of the away team, yes. Yes, exactly. In their, in the environment in which they can influence and that they're cut off from the rest of their crew, they are the commanding officer and are afforded all the privileges legally there. Uh, yeah, I would say that's accurate. Okay. So then do you feel that uh, Chief Chief was then, for the time in which he was moving about the Mercury, completely isolated from anybody other than Chief Tsai, who he outranked? That he was the commanding officer of that situation? Uh, I would say, yeah, that he's probably the, he would be the commanding officer until he ran Mm. an officer, yes. Yes. And then, so the commanding officer in any situation, by General Order 33, is permitted to take any action necessary if they feel they are safeguarding the lives of those threatened. Even the decision to use. Uh, The decision to use what? Force. Uh, Yes. Uh, I would like to point out, though, that if you're referring to um, <laughs> the use of uh, utilizing a transported torpedo that he wouldn't be the commanding officer at that time. No, but I'm talking about in terms of liberating the Mercury. Uh, yeah, he was the only officer who realized he was free. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not officer, but he was the only person who knew he was free um, and he had to take whatever actions were required to gain control of the ship. 
do you then agree that he did what was necessary in dealing with Klingons who had hostile military forces that had overtaken a Starfleet installation? Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, I would um, specifically counter other assertions made regarding the capability of uh, imprisoning the Klingons aboard the Mercury. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily reasonable to say, uh, we'll just tie the Klingons up or just rely on the stun to take care of them. Klingons have uh, a structure, uh, a redundant... The Klingons have redundant nervous systems, and so mm-hmm. stunning does not always take care of it. Uh, they're also extremely strong and tough, and right. unless they were placed in a force field uh, section of the ship, uh, there's no guarantee they're not going to be able to break out of any conventional bonds. Certainly not those that are available in crewman's quarters. And certainly the USS Mercury being just a science ship was likely ill-equipped on many levels to handle disaster of this magnitude on its own. Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, cross-examination by the prosecution. Okay, so Lieutenant Commander Dulas. Yes. You are the chief of security on the USS Mercury. That's correct. So you've already said, but I just want to make sure that we're clear, that you don't really find any issue with tactical, the tactics of the situation that Ensign, or the Ensign, shit. Who am I? I forgot who I am. Chief, <laughs> chief, <laughs> the chief, chief, the ship. I'm looking at all these different names on here. So many. I names. know, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Lieutenant Commander, you didn't find any any tactical fault with the way that the chief handled um, retaking the Mercury. No. Okay. Uh, so part of that is that under General Order 33. Uh, that he was acting as the officer in command, uh, and he had a duty to protect Federation citizens and uh, personnel uh, to make sure that he safeguarded lives threatened, so on and so forth, correct? Uh, Yes. Okay, so I do want to point out um, the very last sentence in General Order 33. However, care should be taken to avoid unnecessary loss of sentient life. You believe Uh, that the chief care to avoid unnecessary loss of sentient life? Um, I think he did. Um, he does not, has never struck me as a especially bloodthirsty uh, person. Um, I don't think he would have gone out of his way to kill anybody that did, that could have otherwise been dealt with safely. I motion to add that there is no way that the logs can capture the emotional complete complexity of combat engagement to know exactly if every was taken. All right. They, they noted. It's a good note. <laughs> so noted. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So one, one last thing. Um, say that tactically his, his reasoning and his actions were, were sound. Even agreed that to the extent of, if the only consideration were to win the fight, as you put it, at beaming aboard a, Proton torpedo into the Klingon vessel would have been a sound tactic to take. Yes. I would like to ask you then, Lieutenant Commander, do you believe the same thing from a moral standpoint? Um, that is a more difficult question to parse. Um, okay. Do you believe that the Uniform Code of Justice only looks at things from a tactical standpoint, or does it also look at things from a moral standpoint? Uh, I believe it also looks at things from a moral standpoint. Okay, so then you would agree that even though tactically sound, the actions taken by the chief 
were really not within the Uniform Code of Justice. Uh, I think that is a determination that has to be made by the court. I don't think I have any more questions. Uh, that's the best you could do. It's like, well, that's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel bad. I think I just beat myself up pretty good there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next. Morals, morals. Um, yeah, morals. Next <clears throat> is me. So. Uh, you don't actually have to go next. <laughs> oh, okay. I can go last. Morrow can go, go last. last. Right. Okay, then we'll Chief Seer. Desire? Sire? Uh, Chief Tsai. Tsai. Oh, I have an R for no reason. Yeah. All right. That makes way more sense. Okay, then we'll call Chief Tsai. All right, she takes the stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start uh, with more of a summary question of asking them to um, summarize the capture of the crew and leading up through there, talk them through their escape. Uh, she does so with complete honesty. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, what What are your thoughts on the chief's approach to the situation? Um, I believe the chief uh, approached the situation with the with a sufficient amount of forethought and action. Mm. Do you feel the chief's choices were logical? Uh, I believe they were, in fact, logical. Mm. I see. In the case of your escape from your uh, quarters. What? How did that occur? Was it spontaneous action by the chief? Um, no. Uh, we discussed uh, how we would attempt to make our escape and retake the ship um, ahead of time. Um, and then we simulated a fight, which drew the Klingons in. And mm. we subsequently eliminated the Klingons from the uh, equation and then mm-hmm. proceeded to uh, move to the to free our nearest companions, mm-hmm. and then proceeded to on our plan to retake the ship. Mm-hmm. So prior to the beginning of your escape attempt, do you feel that you reasonably discussed these outcomes before coming making a decision? Did you find the chief reasonable in his approach to the situation? Uh, I did. I see. Do you believe anything would have changed such that the chief was no longer? reasonable later or do you believe that he maintained that level-headed approach to this disaster throughout i believe he maintained a level-headed approach hmm. up to and including his final suggestion which was later not even act uh yes i see um what else can the chief talk about so the chief was in the escape um oh chief were you involved in any of the combat encounters where uh, klingon forces were killed uh, yes, uh, I was involved in our initial breakout. Uh, I mm-hmm. also uh, killed a Klingon. Um, you did? And yes. Why do you think you're not on trial? I do not know. Mm. Do you feel that in all of these exchanges, even ones where you took a life, do you feel that you were making the best possible decision at the time and that you had no other options? Uh, I believe that would be an accurate summary of feelings that, or, or of my understanding at the time. Yes, after all, these were people who we were at war with, correct? Yes. Mm. So then moving ahead, you also carried a weapons locker. Do you feel that that was a necessary course of action that was essential to your further success in in retaking the Mercury? Yes. But again, could not have been completed without some unfortunate. Uh, No, uh, the Klingons would have had uh, Mm -hmm. with a as many... Uh, personnel as they could spare mm-hmm. uh, and they would have defended it 
and did defend it fiercely. I see. Uh, Desai was a Vulcan, right? That's why I asked a lot. Desai is a Vulcan, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Which is why they did like the fig fight. In the first right. <laughs> okay, just making sure I'm not misremembering. See, there's a, a famous Vulcan saying regarding the needs of the many and the needs of the few. Indeed. Do you think that these actions, while perhaps could be frowned upon by some, were mm-hmm. necessary? Might have cut out there, Burke. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I guess the gist of the question is, I don't know how exactly I'm going to phrase it, but that part of fulfilling that logical course of action means that you may have to take actions that are not completely aligned with like your complete ethical center, that the logic outweighs saving everybody, but it's uh, something that's potentially ethically questionable. <laughs> I guess uh, I don't want to highlight that his actions is ethically questionable, though, but that there are, you know, you can undercut right. each. They were logical and therefore ethical. Yeah, you you have to do something. Otherwise, right. the entire crew would be. Uh, I believe uh, that is an accurate statement of the chief's actions and proposed actions to this time. Mm-hmm. Chief, were you present at the end when the last set of decisions were being hashed out by the then commanding officers of the Mercury? Uh, yes, I was on board uh, and at sickbay on guard. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the actions of the lieutenant in charge were appropriate for a commanding officer? I believe they are appropriate for uh, his experience. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, during this entire time, you would say that the chief was continually reasonable and willing to act as a group on some modified set of plans that were less extreme than those originally proposed. That he was never an unreasonable participant. No, he, uh, when alternative uh, 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 agreed to the alternatives... Uh, with uh, an alacrity that uh, suggests to me that perhaps he would have preferred an, an alternate mode of uh, procedure. Mm-hmm. But perhaps these circumstances just led that to not be apparent at the time. Yes. As even as we've seen here today, even the other more uh, air quote level headed uh, suggestions were not entirely feasible themselves. Uh, yes, I would say okay. so. Thank you, Chief. Chief Tasai, <laughs> I have a couple of small questions for you. Would Certainly. you agree that Chief's approach to his name again? Where did my list of names go? Um, <clears throat> uh, that when the Chief approached Lieutenant Urzan uh, about his plan to blow up the Klingon ship with the command staff, was his approach there to suggest that idea as the best course of action to take? Uh, I believe his approach was to suggest it as uh, the most likely to succeed course of action that he had at his disposal and within the realm of his experience. Okay, so he was actively advising and soliciting to his commanding officer the concept of destroying the Klingon ship without giving any kind of effort or thought to possible relief to the command staff that was still trapped aboard the ship. Uh, he did argue that it would be unlikely for uh, the ship to um, come to the relief of the command staff, uh, that we were in a, a, a subordinate position tactically to the Klingons, and that if we did not act swiftly to take advantage of their um, lack of awareness, then we would uh, return to the situation we were previously in, or perhaps a worse one. Okay, so essentially, to, to, to take so many words and condense it down to a, a few, 
forgive me for I, I am but a simple human. My skills at logic are not up to the, the task of the Vulcans. You agree that, yes, because of the situation, he offered a plan completely devoid of any kind of remedy or relief for the commands. That was the pl- Yes, I would say that that is accurate. Okay. So you are aware that one of the charges being brought against the chief is exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that uh, that is uh, certainly the way those accusations could be summed up. Okay. So then my last question is, since it we're in agreement that he did in fact put forth this plan and course of action without any due regard to the relief or remedy of the command staff, that he also directly in violation of Article 882 solicited and advised his direct superior to carry out that plan? Uh, yes. I have no further questions. Oh, God, I, I, I want to cross-examine, but maybe this will come up later. Because <laughs> that's easy to shoot down. That is so easy to... <laughs> yeah, I, I I know, but like we just we just don't have. We agreed. We agreed. We would yeah. not. Yeah. That was kind mm. of a low blow on my part. I, I <laughs> that's almost fine. That, but no, that's your job, though. You gotta like. Okay, right. so then Thank I guess that's Ensign Hammer, who was also on the Mercury. Uh he was on the Mercury. Uh he was released okay. extremely late, so he doesn't know anything about how down by hearsay. Okay, so uh, Hammer was called as a character witness. I see. Okay. Um, and so then I'll ask him to deliver his statement on the character of the chief. Uh, well, uh, you know, Chief Threshiv, uh, I think, is a good person. He, he's always on the lookout to make sure that, you know, the ensigns in the security division um, uh, have everything they need to do their job well. Uh, he's, he's quick to make sure that, you know, if it looks like we're going to make a mistake, or, or, uh, then, you know, we, we won't. Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience and he, uh, shares it. Uh, and you know, he's, he's sort of like, uh, you know, like the, the older brother to the, the ensigns in, uh, security Mm -hmm. office. And I I think he he would never, he's always talked about how, you know, uh, the, that, uh, Starfleet, uh, and, and the crew of a ship is like just an extended, uh, family group sort of and that we all have to work together and we have to look out for each other uh but he uh tempers it with the idea that um sometimes people are going to get hurt uh and that it should be avoided if at all possible but if it isn't possible we can't hesitation could result will result in further hurt than taking the good action quickly as opposed to waiting for to design the best plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, <coughs> uh, I, I wasn't here for that, but you know, if the chief said that the best plan he could think of uh, is to, to, you know, destroy uh, an enemy ship with all the crew aboard and some of our, uh, he wouldn't have come to that conclusion without, you know, um, agonizing, over it uh, he doesn't you know express it but you know he he does think deeply about those things and uh you know he also doesn't have he doesn't know everything uh is the other thing i'm going to say like he can make he can make mistakes uh and he looks at things from a tactical perspective uh which which makes sense because that that's his job but you know there sometimes there are other 
um, perspectives that you have to observe uh, that it's that, you know, it's not his first uh, impulse. Hmm. So then would it be fair to summarize your statement as the chief always acts fairly and reasonably within the limits of the information he has about the situation? Uh, Yes, I would say that that is accurate. Yes. Thank you. So now we just heard in the previous testimony that one of the charges um, being brought against the chief is the uh, not affording practical relief to Federation uh, allies and forces, right? Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't here for that, but... Well, you were in the... I'm sorry, our witness is not sitting in the back. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, never mind. Witnesses are isolated. Okay, okay, then I'll, I'll just repeat the charge. Sure. Now, you yourself were trapped in your quarters for quite some time, correct? You were, in fact, one of the last crew members to be released. Yes, that is accurate, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, uh, it's kind of... I'm kind of upset by it, but, you know... It must have been terrible. Do you think uh, that Starfleet quarters are are more comfortable than Klingon quarters? Uh, based on what I've seen of Klingon quarters, I'd say yes. Yeah. Nevertheless, being released from them was a relief, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Hmm. Then do you think that perhaps it was also relief to the crew to eventually free them from the Klingon ship? Yes, I would say so. Uh, they they expressed <laughs> a lot of relief. <laughs> exactly. And the do you think that now you didn't know? But have you reviewed any of the reports on this event? Uh, I've reviewed what has uh, some of them. Hmm. Given the the situation that the junior officers aboard the Mercury were in, having to cannibalize uh, sick bay into a makeshift tactical bridge, um, do you feel that? Do you think, as an outside observer who is not in the heat of that moment, that they had enough information to know if the senior crew of the Mercury were even alive on the Gok? Uh no, uh, I I don't know that you'd be able to make any determination either way, uh, but um, you you definitely couldn't say with any assurance that they were definitely still alive. I see. Um, how much? I, I guess I want to point out that like you <laughs> did afford relief. It just took some time, and you had no idea. Yeah, yeah, you had no information to know whether or not they were alive or not. Yeah, they were even alive to help. So I guess that would sort of be my 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 point of talking to Hammer. But yeah. Did he have anything else to add about the chief? Because he wasn't really involved. Um, so I didn't want to drag it out. Like you know, no, yeah. Stuff that he his, can't his, the on. only thing else he's going to add about the chief, uh, you know, he he trusts the chief would have considered as deeply as he could before he made that suggestion. And he's always he's always made it known that that it's important to be willing to be corrected, and that he's willing to be corrected when he's wrong. Okay. Thank you, Edson. Oh wait, I see typing. Hold on. Well. Uh. Ask, you know, just because since I'm in the middle of typing this, it's easier to tell you. Um, you could go along the same lines you did uh, previously and ask if there's, since he is another tactical officer, uh, if there's anything that he disagreed with as far as the actions taken, um, mm. you know, if they were also well reasoned through in his opinion, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. He's a security officer. Um, uh, I need to write, write words about each NPC. Um, yeah, <laughs> then I, I will do that. I was thinking he was engineering for some reason. True. He's he's the he's the uh, it's in the security officer, but he was the one that made the big mess in engineering. That's right. Wow. Okay. He's also the one who got sick. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's what I remember him for. Okay, then I will do that. I'll take that approach. Uh, and he says, "Well, uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know what I would do, but I definitely would not feel comfortable attacking another ship when the controls I have are limited to sick bay displays. Mm. Uh, I do work uh, occasionally in." Uh, 
in with the phaser banks, and I've done a shift or two uh, on third shift at the tactical station on the bridge. Um, and while uh, you know the L cars system is is great, and you can set it up mm-hmm. however you like, uh, there are displays that are specifically designed to enable uh, your ship to perform to its best ability. Bay is that I'm sure it's great for making people better, but uh, I I mean I was just in sick bay the other day, and just the the the. <coughs> The way that the tactical situation—I don't, I don't, I can't begin to understand how you would set up an effective, an effective tactical display to shoot a cloaked Klingon ship, even if you did know its approximate location. Uh, like, you, that would, know, you would consider that an unreasonable course of action that could jeopardize the Mercury. Uh yes, yeah. If if you missed, they are going to shoot back. Uh, yeah. And our shields were also not up. Uh, I think when the the plan was originally proposed. Uh, mainly because raising the shields would alert the Klingons. Um, That's correct. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't try and shoot anyone with that setup. Okay, thank you. Okay, Ensign Hammer, um, your testimony was was largely to the character of Chief Thrashiv. Um So I have a couple of questions yes. about that, since you were the one that brought it up and, and, and made it a, a thing here. Um, you said that he was very helpful to the the ensigns and made sure that you didn't make mistakes. Um, right. So has he ever covered an ensign before? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Has like, the chief, has the chief ever gone out of his way to prevent an ensign from being embarrassed by a uh, mishap or an accident or an oversight? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, he's never protected us against consequences. Okay, but um, he's, he's he's gone to great lengths to make sure that you don't uh, embarrass yourself or get in undue trouble or things like that. Yes, yeah, I, I would say that that is accurate, yes. Okay, uh, has he ever done anything like that for you? Uh, he has. Um, you know, I just graduated uh, the Academy nine months ago. Um, so, uh, you know, my midshipman's cruise was cut short. Uh, so... You know, I need all the advice <laughs> I can get, all the help I can get. So, uh, yeah, he's he's helped me in, in the fashion you describe uh, a time or two. I think, in all honesty, that that makes uh, a very good officer, especially for a non-commissioned officer. I think it's a great quality to have, uh, and I, I believe you'd agree with me that that's a, a great uh, a great NCO to work with. Um, my question is. Do you believe that the favors he has performed for you in the past color your testimony today? No, um, you don't think that you have a favorable outlook on the chief because of the things that he's done for you in the past. Uh, I would say that yeah. to make sure that he isn't embarrassed like you could have been. I, I think, firstly, I, I, I think that if the chief is uh, just embarrassed in this situation, then he is, uh, then he can't be understood as being a normal person. Excellent point, Ensign. Absolutely an excellent point. Being that this is so much more important of a thing than just being embarrassed by an oversight or a slip-up by a very brand new and green Ensign. And you don't think that that has any compulsion in you at all, your friendship and feelings for the Chief. I mean... And testify today on his behalf. I mean, I'm here because I think the Chief does a good job. Yes, and he's helped me, and I want to help him. That's, That's also true. Uh... But um, if 
I take my oath to Starfleet very seriously. And if I thought that he could have, if he had helped me in that same way, but I believed that he was capable of taking an action that is uh, too sudden or, or, or not well thought out or, or uh, just ridiculous. Um, I don't, I, I would not be here testifying on his behalf. Um, and I don't think that has anything to do with our, uh, our friendship or, or uh, our relationship otherwise. Okay. Excellent. That is, I am again, uh, like some of the other, I appreciate your candor and you being forthright and completely honest with me about these kind of things. So I do have to ask a, a couple more small questions. Um, one is, <laughs> You believe that a good Starfleet officer, whether they are commissioned or non-commissioned, is a person of strong moral integrity? Yes. Do you believe that the Uniform Military Code is not just a black and white set of things to do or not do, but also a structure for a moral outlook? I think it is a good structure for moral outlook, yes. That being said, do you believe that the actions proposed by the chief were of a good moral outlook? I think that the chief did the best he could with what he had at the time. Uh, so no, I would not say no. Uh, I would say um, that uh, everything needs to be looked at in context. Uh, and I agree to- completely in the context of putting a photon torpedo in the middle of a ship in which your senior staff, the entirety of your senior staff resides, and with the intention fully of exploding that weapon without first attempting to rescue that senior staff, you don't think that is a morally questionable plan of action? Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable making that decision. No. <laughs> okay, the one, one last thing then, one last thing. You, you wouldn't be comfortable making that decision. I wouldn't be comfortable. Did the chief, in fact not only make that decision, but offer that to the commanding officer of the Mercury and suggest it as the best course of action. Uh, he, he did. He was not there. He was not there. Well, okay. <laughs> then you object, yeah. like hearsay. <laughs> yeah, hearsay. Yeah, that's the term. Thank you. Uh, objection sustained. Yeah, three for three. <laughs> I mean, they're all pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, he could technically testify to the fact that he read logs and stuff to that effect, but I won't. Right. I won't push it. Sure. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for for the incident. All right. Besides, the logs have already well known to the court and don't need further interpretation by someone who wasn't there. There you go. Now you're getting it, Burke. <laughs> <laughs> Trying. <laughs> it's like it's like Law and Order in space. I love it. I know. That's what I said. It's an homage to Jag. Like the yeah, show. it really yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now Mara is the only one on this. That's right. Uh, I would suggest that... Um, you want to call Thashiv? You know, uh, Thashiv should, in all intents, for all intents and purposes, uh, invoke his right to not testify <laughs> against himself. <laughs> right, that's yeah. fair. He the that's, fifth. Uh, fair. Really. The space fifth, yeah, no problem. Um, I was going to say, Joe, you should probably act as the defense in question. Uh, yeah, I think so. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Also, just... While we have a downtime, if you're worried about time, some of the 10K games are like four hours, and we're not going to be anywhere near that. So I wouldn't worry about being a little over two. All right. Okay. So uh, let's take a look. All right. Um, Dr. Morrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Could you just very briefly explain your own part in the breakout from the uh, the breakout from Klingon control inside the Mercury? Sure. Um, so, just interest of time, I'll just quickly summarize that I was and correct me if my memory is uh, off. I was confined to quarters by myself. I was summoned for an emergency, a medical emergency to Platt right. and a Tellerite uh, ensign. Yes, I don't remember. That's okay. It's, um, I think it was Ensign Glom. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, we discussed our options and made uh, an attempt to get to sick bay by uh, creating a fake medical emergency. Vincent Platt had um, a very minor plasma burn, but we right. made exaggerated the symptoms to get to sick bay. Um, at which point we disabled the Klingon guarding sick bay, which is what allowed us to overtake it and use. The Mercury's advanced medical computing systems to at least somewhat function as a temporary bridge uh, until we rendezvoused with the uh, other command officers. And, um, then, at which point, uh, we had discussions about what to do. Um, yeah, at which point, we uh, had not encountered any other member of the Mercury crew other than myself and the two ensigns until we rendezvoused with uh, the chief. And his co his group sick bay. Okay. Um, at which point we discussed what to do and did the thing that we did, which was not the thing that was suggested. You know, I personally talked right, to the chief yeah. down. <coughs> uh, excellent. Um, so you said you personally talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this did not occur. Did the chief uh, seem upset or worried when uh, uh, when his plan was dismissed? No. Uh, did he seem irritated that uh, his plan was overridden? Not at all. Yet. Did he seem relieved that he would not have to destroy an entire the entire senior staff? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I, oh, I don't know if I want to say that, but I, I, will, I would want to stress that we had no idea about the state. We had basically no information about the state right. of the crew. Yeah, so you never contacted so, the senior staff. Framing framing the decision as killing the senior staff is deeply unfair to the amount of that we had available okay. at the time. Uh, did the chief seem willing to risk his own life to prevent, uh, that action from taking place? Which action? Sorry. Uh, the, uh, destruction of the ship via photon torpedo. Yes, he did risk his life. Oh, interesting. Um, the... Assuming I'm asking a question. Yeah, you are. He was willing to sacrifice himself to save. Right. And this without going through his originals. Um, in your opinion, uh, was the sick bay an effective command position for the ship? It was adequate to monitor ship systems and perform very rudimentary uh, control tasks, but I would not have wanted to command the ship into battle from there. Uh, were there other uh, suggestions that were made and dismissed? Yes, they were deemed unreasonable. Um, for example, the idea to distract and fire upon the Klingons once we had a general idea of where they were, um, would not have worked. The Mercury was not in fighting shape at that time. It's very badly damaged. Um, why it's been in dry dock for a week here at the station. Um, there was, we had no knowledge or negotiating leverage to attempt any sort of, uh, prisoner exchange. And we did not have your manpower necessary to retake. Uh, one final question. Did the, uh, commanding mm-hmm. officer seem unreasonably influenced by the chief's suggestion? No. Okay. Uh, that's all I have. Okay. Uh, 
Doctor, mm. if you have personnel on your ship that are captured, do you automatically assume that they're dead? Sorry, if oh, do you ask me if I if I assume people are dead? Is that the, sorry, broke up. If 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 you if you're on if you were on the Mercury and you're out uh, on a routine patrol and you encountered a hostile force and part of your crew was taken captured were captured taken captive, mm-hmm. would you automatically assume them dead? No, but there's the context of dealing with Klingons in the in a time of war. Uh, I personally, with Ensign Platt, had seen how violent and unreasonable they could be on the asteroid prior to the loss of the Mercury. I agree that the Klingons do have a reputation for violence. However, they also do have a reputation for being honorable. And your senior staff did surrender and agreed to become captain. That's true, but that was not information that we had to act on. That was not known. To- the crew didn't have any idea that the Mercury was going to surrender and that the senior staff were going to be taken as captives? Not the specifics. Once we returned to the Mercury, um, try to people remember these course set of actions that I had, but we had some idea, but the exact nature of how that surrender had been, or how the overtaking of the Mercury had been achieved, and who had been perhaps killed in that process, or or what other agreements were made, were not known. Okay, but still, it's fair to say that you wouldn't automatically assume that captives are dead. No, but I also don't think about it that way. Well, what much? Uh, no, no, that's easy. Um, I wouldn't fault someone for making an assumption either way. I don't think one is more reasonable than the other, if that's what you're... Okay, so in, in, by your own statements, then, uh, it's not necessarily reasonable to dismiss outright the fact that the charges of attempting to kill the entirety of the senior staff is unreasonable. Because, much like uh, Schrodinger's cat, they could have or they couldn't have been, and both options should have been looked at. Mm. Well, they're macroscopic, so nothing like Schrodinger's cat. But, uh... <laughs> um, uh, no, it's good. It's good. Um, right, which is why we did not attempt to kill to go through with that course of action because we did not know because we did not want to assume one way or the other. Yes, I understand that you didn't you didn't go through with it and that the chief was talked out of his plan. The point that I'm I'm going for here is that the chief made this plan. A reasonable assumption being that the command staff was still alive and that his plan was to kill them outright. My argument he, was that either assumption was correct and the chief may have been acting on the assumption that they were not alive. Does that change the fact that he was willing to kill the entire command staff had they been alive? But I don't know if that's something he would have been willing to do. Did he not suggest the plan? But the set of assumptions go into suggesting that plan. Objection. Asked and answered. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else I wanted to try to attack. Then. Um, um, uh, well, I'm not going to give you any ammunition. I think the, I guess what I want is, I guess I want to make some statement that I think it sets a dangerous precedent to try somebody for a mere suggestion made in the heat of the moment that was not active. Move to strike that statement. He was not asked any questions. Uh, sustained. <laughs> <laughs> Witness is not free to just. Yeah, don't him. pontificate. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have anything else for the doctor. If I did, I don't know where I kept the note for it. So I'm good. We're All good. Right. Okay. Closing statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I gotta go this, first. You, 
Sure. Yeah, you got to go yeah. first. Okay. Uh, just reiterate the point you're trying to make as simply okay. as possible. <laughs> the point of the prosecution is that he did knowingly and willingly suggest with confidence to his uh, lieutenant to blow up the Klingon ship with the command staff inside. Even if we take the stance that he may not have believed them to be alive, there was still the possibility that they were, and he should have acted in good faith and tried to make some sort of rescue attempt or something to do to not just, you know, kill the entire senior staff. Mm -hmm. Um, He did, in fact, actively participate in a duel, which is contrary to uh, the code, um, and it is not covered by the code because he was dueling with a Klingon, not another Andorian. It was not an internal issue of his race. Uh, it's very much an external issue. Um, and then basically the big one, the big argument that I would make is that uh, the uh, the general article 934, even though everything he did, he did with the best of intentions, that he acted in a heroic fashion, um, the Anton manner in which he just absolutely killed people killed Klingons, um, and then the degree to which he went... Klingons aren't people. <laughs> uh, the degree to which Sorry. he went by you know, exposing uh, several of them to vacuum as a fashion to kill them um, is, without a doubt, um, acting in a way that is not uh, in accordance with the ideals and outlook of Starfleet, and he is therefore still subject to punishment at the discretion of the court under Article 934. Even though, even though it wasn't really wrong behavior necessarily it was Mm -hmm. still not what we want to exemplify in starfleet and therefore he should be sanctioned for all right defense okay uh also summarize along the um sort of same counterpoints i guess we've kind of made this this whole session is that in many situations um i don't want to organize it sort of summarizing in my head but he first of all you know the crew was left through the actions of their superiors in a highly uh, disadvantageous position. They probably weren't totally ready to handle um, that. The bulk of this trial is about blaming somebody for something they didn't even actually end up doing um, that. They were operating within general order 20 to free sentient beings being held against their will um, that they were attempting to protect Starfleet personnel and uh, Federation citizens when they were the commanding officer. Uh, Blah, 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 that the dueling already has historical precedent of being ignored in extreme circumstances, um, so on and so forth. Basically, just the idea that um, you know some lo- rules may have been broken, but it was at the expense of following up. Okay, um, not, I, I won't actually use the phrase "he broke rules," but right. that yeah. that when making decisions, commanding officers have to weigh several. Uh, competing right. responsibilities as Starfleet office. And he did his, the best he could with the responsibilities that had the information he was obsessed with. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, give me them rolls. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm spending all the momentum first. Oh, crap. That's all right. Prosecution has threat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was it presence and command? Presence and or? command, yeah. If you're making like any sort of specific technical points about like the state, I'm using my Starfleet law focus. Uh, that makes sense. And all of my momentum. Oh, he rolled a one. I got, I got two successes. Um, and then, do I need to roll for any like? Uh, uh, you can roll additional dice for. Th- so you'll yeah, have you another additional 
die to roll. There's only two of you. All right. That would be, that would be a success. Um, if I had a focus, that would also be the only counts. Yeah. Uh, uh, so um, I think overall it was well argued on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's how it comes out. Uh, the court is away for several hours, and then they return, uh, and they provide uh, the specific rulings here. Uh, on Article 899, for the enemy, um, not guilty. Uh, <laughs> on Article four, uh, 914, uh, dueling, guilty, penalty, uh, <laughs> two days can find the quarters. Uh, Article 919, uh, soliciting manslaughter, um, guilty, censure. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and on general article, or on uh, yeah, four thirty uh, nine thirty four. Uh, get those numbers in right order. Nine thirty four. <laughs> uh, general articles: disorder, neglect of good order, discipline, and discredit to Starfleet. Uh, guilty censure. Um, so there will be several black marks entered into your record. Uh, it's not the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are going to be some in the Sheev's future. Uh, like there are going to be some captains who are going to not want to deal with the members of this case. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, like it sucks for him, but he's not like getting kicked out. Sure. Uh, and that is where we will end it. Questions, comments, suggestions. It was it was probably weird. Uh, I imagine it's a weird ri- listen. <laughs> I guess I'm saying like it's probably weird to listen to this, but this was a hell of a lot of fun. Like I was. Yeah, so I was really refreshing the whole way through this. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, I thought it was pretty refreshing to kind of chat in character a bunch, um, right, even well, though it was like his other characters, but do it more as Mara as well in the future. This right, actually, well. it, it, it went really well. Uh, I think we, we, even though Burke wasn't really keen on it at first, I think you did an excellent job. No, yeah, you did a pretty good job, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was fun once you got into it. So, yeah, I, and I think it's, I also think it's a great um, follow up to the, Wackety schmackety do that led up to this. <laughs> right, like actual consequences. Hey, oh, yeah, baby, yeah. don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, I know in the interest of time, we won't do it, but I was just going to explain what my vignette with she was going to be. Okay. We can always open um, with it next time. No, I, I, I think this is actually a nice, also, since we're like transitioning rule systems and stuff, this is kind of a nice like break point to right. just go back into standard Star Trek. Right. So I was, I was just going to meet him like when he got off his whatever his prison sentence would be and just sort of explain that like I appreciate what he did even if Starfleet doesn't and kind of reinforce my belief that he made like good and honorable decisions they were not best and that part of Starfleet they often talk about boldly exploring but they never boldly explore kind of the realm of what's acceptable or what should be done in response to extreme circumstances they tend to be cowardly in that regard yeah and then I, questions. Exactly. And then I give him a bottle of Andorian ale that my previous host and best friend owned, which is very meant a lot to her, but giving it oh, an old oh, very nice. It's actually a special I was gonna do this whole talk about how it's like a special one that was fermented in like steam fissures in the northern waste that only activate every couple of years due to orbital resonances, so it's like stronger than most. So it's like the Andorian equivalent of like a triple or something. Ooh. Right. I don't know. It's just fancy. That's the point. And then also that I convinced the captain to let him stay on the Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. 
<laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to go. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for staying this long. That's all right. <laughs> uh, oh, also.